Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for coming out today on, you know, it's not Christmas Eve. Today's Christmas Adam, because Adam came before Eve. That's an old preacher joke right there. Adam came before Eve, so Eve's tomorrow, Adam. Anyway, uh, appreciate you coming out today, uh, and it really helps us. We, we had, I think, close to 1,300 people uh, reserve seats between our four services, so it really helps us to break it up like this, and uh, instead of me doing four services on Christmas Eve, uh, to do you know a couple on the 23rd for sure. And uh, I want to invite you back, uh, as you saw there, the preview. Two weeks from now, we're starting a brand new series, kind of our, our January series, called Throwing Shade. You know, I, I think maybe it's time we just kind of dive down all the words and the verbiage and the hostility you know and it's amazing how much God says about the words that we use Uh, Jesus actually said that we'll be judged by every word we speak like we have to give an account for every word that we speak in this life before God so uh, we're going to talk about that called throwing shade we're going to have some fun with it and I think maybe even learn a a few things while we're at it but uh, tonight we really want to talk about uh, hope hope and, and we've been in a series about hope this whole month, the month of December, and really this is kind of like the final part of that series, and, and specifically, I want to talk about hope when plans change. How many of you have ever had a change of plans? Maybe you have a change of plans right now. I just had a change of plans between the last service and this service. For some reason, I don't know why, for years I've worn contacts and I could not read my notes anymore. And just for that reason, I have a backup pair of glasses that are like three prescriptions old. So I still can't read very good, but I can read a little bit better. Uh, so I may not look at my notes, do a little bit more from memory tonight. But just a change of plans right there. I wouldn't plan on wearing glasses tonight, but I have my backup in my backpack. You remember last year at this time, we all had so much hope because 2021 was going to be our year. <laughs> yeah! Remember that? I'm still waiting. We got like a week left, and, and it's, it's, it hadn't been my year yet, you know, or, or anything like that. Remember, everything was going to get back to normal in 2021. 20, Didn't happen, did it? How can we have hope when plans change, have you had some plans that just like you didn't intend for it? You're like, this is what's going to happen. This is the way it's going to go. And then it just feels like the, the rug just got pulled out from underneath you. How can you have hope when your plans change? If you're here tonight and you're like, you know what? My plans are changing. I'm hurting. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. You're in good company. Because Christmas is all about plans being changed. No one had their plans changed more than Mary and Joseph. Just just think about it for a while. Let's just, there's, I want to look at the story of the birth of Jesus from two of the Gospels, but before we do that, let's just, can, can we just, I know we're in church, but can we just have fun for just a minute? Let's just have fun for a second. Just let's, let's think about, put yourself, I would say, in their shoes, but put, them, put yourself in their sandals for just a minute. Like if that happened today, okay? So Mary, scholars believe she was really, really young. Some say she could have been as young as 13 years old, maybe even a little bit older, 14 or so. So, so imagine you're Mary, and every Friday night you go to the student ministry at the synagogue. And, and there's this cute stu- leader, he's 19 years old, named Joey. And Joey catches your eye, because not only has he got a charismatic personality, 
Not, not only, uh, you know, is he, is he confident and, and assured, but he begins to take a little notice in you and begin to talk to you a little bit. And, and you're just like, oh, Joe. <laughs> and, and then Joey says, hey, listen, Mary, how about we get a cup of coffee at Starbucks next week? And she's like, I'll ask my mom and dad. And they go to Starbucks, and there is just her and Joey just having a cup of coffee together. They do this a little bit more. And then Joey does what any good Jewish boy would do. He pops the question. He gets down on one knee and he proposes to Mary. And of course he had one of his friends with a super zoom lens on the camera hiding in the bushes for the moment so they could post it on Instagram, you know. So, 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 so he proposes to her. And in that day, in that culture, biblical culture, when, when, when you were engaged or betrothed, mom and dad actually were the ones that would, would arrange it, uh, what would happen was it was for all intents and purposes you were married they were with two exceptions. You did not live in the same home physically, and you were not yet intimate as husband and wife. But for all other purposes, you were married. So much so, to break off an engagement, you had to divorce the person. It was actually a divorce that had to take place. Okay? Just, so just bear that in mind, because that plays into the story in a very big way. And so Joey, I mean, not only is Joey, Mary's just so excited about Joey, she's engaged to Joey, because you know what, the other guy she used to date, man, he just had no ambition, anything, and all he wanted to do was play PS5 and live in the basement of his parents' house. But Joey has a business, Joey is a carpenter, Joey makes furniture. And so they begin to dream together of what their life's going to be. Joey's going to start his own business, open his own business. Joey's going to work hard so much so, and they start talking about, well, how many kids would you want? How many kids do you want? They want two kids, maybe a boy and a girl. And they're dreaming. And Joey's going to work hard, and Mary's going to be able to stay home with the kids when they're younger so she won't have to go out and get a job. And then, one day, Mary says, Joey, can I talk to you? Sure, Mary. What's up? <laughs> she says, I have the most exciting news. I'm pregnant. You can't make this stuff up. This is what happened. And she's like, but don't worry. It's not another man's. It's God's baby. Now, not only did your fiance cheat on you? She's lost her mind. <laughs> you talk about plans changing? I mean, this is the reality of the Christmas story. The whole entire Christmas story is like plans just devastated. And Joey says, I'm going to divorce her. I am going to be the shame. I'm going to be the, just the shame of the town. So embarrassed. What, what are my parents going to think? What is everyone in Nazareth, this small little town, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? If you can connect with that a little bit, you're connecting with the real Christmas story. It wasn't clean. It wasn't Hallmark. It, it wasn't perfect and beautiful. This was like a train wreck to their dreams. And so that's what I want to look at tonight. Hope when plans change. 
Because maybe you're here tonight. I, I don't know what you're facing, but maybe you're here tonight and, and you didn't think at this point in December you'd still be job hunting. Maybe you're here tonight and you didn't think when this year started that you'd be separated from your spouse. You, didn't, you never dreamed you'd have the medical issue that you have right now. Or that there'd be an empty chair in just a couple of days at Christmas dinner. You weren't planning on losing that loved one. But they're gone. How can we have hope when plans change? You didn't plan on saying what you said, but you did. And you can't take those words back. You didn't plan on doing what you did, but you did. And you can't change what happened. How can we have hope when plans change? The angel appears to Mary and tells her, She's going to bear God's son. And everything changes from that point on. All the plans. Let's look at it. Luke chapter 1 verse 30. It says, the angel appeared to Mary and says, don't be afraid. Can't you believe? <laughs> like, is that the understatement of the year right there? Don't be afraid. An angel just appears to you. For you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And it goes on and it says, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? Because you see, I'm a virgin. Here's the first thing I think we need to understand about how we can find hope when plans change. There's a difference between questioning God and asking God a question. Mary was not questioning God. She wasn't questioning his goodness she wasn't questioning if he had a right to do this or not. She was asking a very honest question. How, how can this be? How, how can this actually happen? I don't understand how this is going to happen. See, so many times we think God can't handle our questions but here's what I believe based on Mary. It's a, when the plans just go boom, when the carpet gets pulled out from underneath us and, and, and we are trying to get our equilibrium again, God says, ask me. Ask me what I'm doing. Don't run from me. Don't be afraid of what I'm doing. You can ask me. If Christmas teaches us anything, it teaches us this. God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. Because Jesus put it this way later on in the Gospels. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. 
Like, like a lot of people I know, they're like, Jesus is cool, man. I, I, I like Jesus, but God the Father, ooh, I don't know. We think he's some fuzzy-headed grandpa up in the sky, like with a big old bat, you know, just waiting to hit us on the head, you know, if we get out of line. But that's not who Jesus was. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're, we're, we're the same. And so I think the first thing, if we're going to have hope when, when plans change, We've got to know there's a difference between questioning, questioning his character, questioning his motivation, questioning if he really cares. Don't do that. Or questioning, how, how can this be, God? An honest question. It's first step in having hope when plans change. The angel told her she's going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and she actually thinks like Joseph is going to be really excited about this. <laughs> I, I mean, how many of you think Joseph was going to be excited? Not at all. No way. It, it, all his dreams just, just blown apart. Matthew chapter 1, when the gospel of Matthew begins to explain about the birth of Jesus, it gives us insight into where Joseph's head was at when Mary told him she was gonna have a baby, God's baby. Matthew chapter one, verse 18, it says, and this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. He was a good man. And yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. He's like, I, I just imagine, like, Mary, you, you, you've broken my heart. And, and I still love you, but we can't be together with you carrying someone else's child. And, and so I'm going to do this. I'm going to divorce you, but I'm going to do it quietly because I care about you. But we're done. This is over. I trusted you, Mary. I told you things I never told anyone else. I opened up to you in a way I never opened up to anyone else. And you hurt me, Mary. This is the reality of the Christmas story. This is what's happening. I know this isn't, you know, Charlie Brown and Linus. But this is the reality of what's going on. Hope can even be found when plans change. She has this conversation and Joseph is devastated. He's embarrassed. Imagine Mary for just a minute. When, when he says, we're, we're done, I'm going to divorce, this is, we're finished. And, and Mary's rebuttal, I, I think it probably was, this is in chapter and verse in the Bible, but, but don't you think Mary just said, wait a minute, I didn't do anything wrong. Everything I did was right. In fact, when the angel told her she's going to have a baby, and she said, how is it going to be? And, and the angel said, and the Bible says this, that the angel said, with God, all things are possible. 
And then Mary's response was, be it unto me according to God's will. She said, yes, God, whatever you want. And, and, and wouldn't you think when you do what God wants, everything just turns out perfectly? I, I mean, somehow we think that if, 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 if we just do what God wants, life's going to be perfect and no problems, no stress, no pressure, no difficulties. Mary did everything right and was losing her fiancé. And losing her plan. And losing her dream. And losing her future. Joseph's devastated. <laughs> Mary's heartbroken. And this is Christmas. Everyone's going to think that she's horrible. The rumors are going to start flying all through Nazareth. And I just wonder, I just, I just believe because, you know, they're, they're human. I think at some point, Mary, she may not have said it out loud, but I think she might have thought it. This is not what I planned. This is, this is, this is my life. And this is not the way I saw it going. Maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you were trying to provide a good Christmas for the family and the car broke down and it's going to take all the money that you were going to buy presents with. Maybe you took that different job and you've been working hard and then the company downsized and you were the last in so you're the first to go. You can't even imagine what the new year is going to look like. Maybe you raised your kids to the best of your ability. You did the best you could, and now they're just rebelling against you and going in the total opposite direction of all the hopes, all the dreams that you had for them. You didn't ask for the migraines. You didn't ask to be battling depression right now. You didn't plan on fighting cancer in December of 2021. You didn't plan on losing that scholarship. You didn't plan on that injury. If you can relate to any of this, you are right smack dab in the middle of the Christmas story. And I'm here to tell you today, there's hope when plans fail. Just like there was hope for Mary and there was hope for Joseph as well. This isn't what we had planned. I don't understand. See, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. God had a purpose in the middle of Mary and Joseph's plans completely falling apart. His purpose was coming about. It wasn't their purpose, but it was his purpose. It was so much better than their plan, God's purpose. It didn't look like their plan. It didn't feel like their plan. There was nothing about it that, that actually felt comfortable. And God was working his purpose.
one of the first verses I remember that I ever memorized when, when I went to Bible college as a teenager, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a, in a person's heart, but, but God's purpose is the one that ultimately comes through. When we don't know what the plan is, we can trust that God is bringing about his purpose. Mary and Joseph's plans were wrecked. Now what? Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, goes on and tells us what changed for Joseph. It says, but after he considered this, what was he considering? Divorcing her and putting her away. His heart was broken. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And it goes on and says, and she will give birth to a son, and you're going to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And, and now you know what I think Joseph probably did. He was like, you talking to me? Like, I just wanted to be a carpenter. And in reality, God's saying, no, I'm trusting you to raise my son. God had a much bigger purpose than their small plans. He will save his people from their sins. You mean God can actually do something in the middle of all the mess? Do you mean in the middle of all the pain there's actually a purpose? I, I know it doesn't feel good right now, but, but God's ways are actually higher than my thoughts and your thoughts, and there's just some stuff we just can't see it coming. And God's like, it's okay. Trust me. You may not understand the plan. It may not be your plan. But I'm working out my purpose. God's purpose is always different than my plans. I've, I've learned that so many times in my life. God is often at work in our unexpected interruptions. I had a plan for my life. This was, this was the plan for my life. I, my plan for my life was that I was going to go to the University of Georgia and play football and win the Heisman Trophy. That was my plan for my life. That was it. And going in, right before my senior year, uh, I was voted captain of the team, and, and, and I was so excited, and it was going to be between me and the quarterback at Roosevelt High School who was going to be like all county, all section. He ended up doing pretty good. He ended up being the CFO of the NFL. Not a bad gig at all. And I became Pastor Greg. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Right before my senior year, uh, football year, I was praying one day, because I was a Christian back then, and I felt like God said to me, Greg, this year you're going to be known as Greg the Christian, not just Greg the quarterback. And I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. And so I was like, oh, I get it. So I'm going to go to the University of Georgia. When I win the Heisman, I'm going to say all glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peace out like that. And God was going to be really, really happy, and he's going to be proud of me. 
And then we're at Roosevelt High School, scrimmage right before the opening of the senior year. I'm in the paper. All this stuff is doing big time stuff. Everything's going my way. My plan is happening right here. I drop back to pass. Defensive end comes crashing in. I step up in the pocket, and the tackle, defensive tackle, he goes to grab me. And when he does, he hits the football, and my wrist, my hand goes all the way back. Shatters my wrist. I couldn't even pick up a football for two years. It's done. Done. Finished. Nothing. My plan came to a screeching halt on the football field at Roosevelt High School. Just like that. And I mean, I lost everything. It's just, it's just everything, it seemed like I lost it all. But God has spoken to me, you're going to be known as Greg the Christian, not Greg the quarterback. And I felt like God had called me to be a pastor, but I was going to do that after I won the Heisman. (laughs) So I went down to visit a Bible college February 13th, my senior year in high school. And when I went on my visit to the college, I saw this knockout blonde. And her face was seared in my memory. And that's my wife today. We fell in love. I've told that story before. And right before uh, we were our senior year in college together, she would have been a freshman. She was one year ahead. She waited for me, got another degree while I was getting my one. She got two. And... uh, (laughs) Thank you, honey. I'm forever in your debt. And, and uh, so, so I was talking to two different churches, one in Bay City, Texas, and one in Charleston, South Carolina, to go and be their youth pastor. And then just before I accepted that position, one of the leaders of the church here, after talking to my father, called and offered me the job to be associate pastor here to my dad. And so I thought, that's a pretty good gig, get a little experience, you know, under dad's oversight. And then first chance I get, I'm going back to Georgia because that's what was in my heart. Georgia is always on my mind. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. That was 31 years ago. (laughs) 31 years ago. Many of you remember in September, I announced to the church that the elders... Board of Elders, Board of Trustees had asked me if I'd consider committing for another 15 years to, to lead the church, if the Lord wills. And, and we prayed about it, we said yes, because we can't see ourselves ever leaving you. The one thing Susie and I can never imagine is saying goodbye to you. Sometimes on cold nights, My wrist still starts hurting. But you know what I've learned? I've learned to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you had a purpose that was greater than my plan. Ladies, think about this for just a minute. Mary is nine months pregnant and there's a mandate that's, that's put out by Caesar that everyone has to go back to their hometown. And so they're in Nazareth. They have to travel to Bethlehem. She's nine months pregnant. It's 90 miles away. That's the distance from Hopewell Junction to Albany on the back of a donkey while you're in labor. 
That's pain. That's pain. And there's so many times when, when I experience pain in my life, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe not you, but I'll just talk about myself. When I experience pain, I begin to doubt if God's got a purpose. But there's always some pain when God's purpose comes. Because there's always all kinds of adversity. There's always all kinds of stuff that's going to get thrown up in the way. And you've got to push through the pain to fulfill the purpose. And that's the Christmas story. That's why we can have hope even when plans change. Play it out through the life of Mary three decades later. She's kneeling at the cross. And she's looking up at her son that she loves so much. And, and the Bible says he was beaten so badly even before he was crucified that it didn't even look like a human. Unrecognizable. And as she's there at the cross, she sees what used to be her son who was unrecognizable. She hears her son say, Father, forgive them. They don't know either. They don't know what they're doing. And I think everything inside of Mary was saying, no, that's my boy. That's my boy. This, that's not my plan. And yet God was working his purpose. And that purpose was so much bigger than she could even comprehend. The Christmas story, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. It's interesting, that was not typical of the culture. Swaddling clothes were used for burial, not for births. Even in the way that they wrapped Jesus, it was a foreshadowing. He came to live to die. You know, a lot of times we, we, we hear uh, this time of the year, it's kind of a cliche, and it's like I get it, but I, I don't get it. And people say, uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. He's not. He's not the reason for the season. You're the reason for the season. You're why he came. You're why he died. If it weren't for us and our sin, he never would have left his home in heaven. We celebrate him coming, but we're the reason for the season. For God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. It's not why he came. 
but that the world through him might be saved. We celebrate at Christmas because we got the gift. We got Jesus. The greatest gift that there's ever been. That's why we can celebrate through all the hurt, all the pain that he went through, that Mary and Joseph experienced all the heartache. That's why we don't have to doubt the goodness of God when we experience heartache and pain and our plans implode around us. God's purpose still prevails. When you don't understand the plan, trust God's purpose. Trust God's purpose. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. God had a purpose. You were that purpose. You ever wonder how much you mean to God, how how valuable you are? All you've got to do is look at the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ. That's how important you are to God. That's how much he loves you. He gave everything because he loves you. And he loves you. And he loves you. To all that would receive him, speaking of Jesus, the Bible says, to them he gave the right to be called children of God. Even my pain God can use to fulfill his purpose. So if you had plans change in 2021, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. You don't have to understand the plan. You just have to trust. Trust God has a purpose. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that our pain is not pointless. But God, you can use broken wrists and you can use broken hearts. Not that that's what you want, God, but you can use even those things to bring about your incredible purpose in our lives. God, on this Christmas Eve, help us to reframe our pain, to trust you, God, when the plan doesn't make sense, and to lean into you and trusting your purpose when plans change. Right now with, your, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I, I wanna give you an opportunity if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now in the stillness of this moment, I just want to lead you in a prayer. 
And you can pray this prayer right where you are. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna have you raise your hand or stand up or anything like that. This is between you and God. He hears you. He, he's, he's closer to you right now than your own breath in your mouth. And so I'm just gonna invite you to just repeat this prayer after me, even in a whisper right where you are right now. He hears. Just open your heart to him in this moment. Just pray after me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward. I embrace your purpose for my life. Amen. Amen.